0: Did we just invent California?
2: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone.
1: Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today?
2: My check engine lights on?
1: Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone Free Fix Finder service can help find the fix for free.
2: Get in zone. This whole report for free?
1: That's right. Printed
4: and on your phone. For free.
2: Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough?
4: We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone.
2: Get in the zone,
1: AutoZone.
4: Restrictions apply.
2: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?
4: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man MG, Marcus Grant. Socially distancing away from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Uh, what's new since the last time we spoke? Anything? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, every day's kind of every day's kind of the same now. So. I, I mean, it, it's
1: like it's like levels of depression. You know, it's like uh, now, you know, Eric Garcetti, who's the the you know, the mayor in Los Angeles, is talking mm-hmm. about not having these large gatherings until 2021. And then Mm -hmm. apparently he kind of stepped back from that statement. I'm just getting to a point where I miss sports so much that I will never take it for granted ever again, because it has been brutal not being able to watch sports. At least we can still cover it. And every time I put the news on, it's something more and more saddening. Oh, I stop watching the,
4: it's I don't watch the news. I try to limit it's, my Twitter intake. It's
1: tough, man. I miss the escape. I really
4: do. I yeah. I I try to limit my Twitter intake. I don't really watch the news as much. Um, you know, I try to read a couple of things, but I, I try to walk that line between being informed and being overloaded. But I so I'll ask you this though, if this this will be the test of how much you miss sports. Did you watch horse? on espn <laughs> no, I did not okay i did All not right, watch so you're still...
1: boy, i did not watch horse on espn
4: no. <laughs> you're still no so you're still sort of on the the border of, like that was one that that was for people who were like super thirsty i would yeah see i would watched. rather spend
1: my time like doing research on the rookies uh for the draft mm-hmm. than watching uh watching horse and if i put horse on the television um Anna probably wouldn't be too thrilled about that so. because remember, yeah, like, and I and also have Matthew too, who's nine years old, and you're trying to watch mm. stuff that everyone's going to be able to enjoy at right. this point because everyone's home.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I saw people tweeting about horse, and I'm like, I can't. I just, I can't, I can't jump. In
1: <laughs> I would there. rather go
4: outside and play horse with Matthew than watch dudes play horse on TV. But like, yeah, and the thing they weren't even on the same court. Like, you know, one person's right. in their driveway, the other person's in their driveway, and like, they're, it's yeah, it was not. I I couldn't. I know people did it. I good on you, I guess, if you sat through it, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, speaking of prospects, we will continue our draft previews. Today is the running backs. Got some news and notes to talk about as well. But before we do that, let's talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, did you watch horse at all?
3: No, I, uh, you guys are talking about not watching the news, but my girlfriend works in the news. So that channel Mm -hmm. is on constantly, which is miserable for me. (laughs) I I try every second to just keep lowering the volume or what I did now is I'll, I'll, I bring in a second TV and I'll, uh, I'll use my gaming headset to play like PlayStation or something when I'm not, uh, when I'm not working just to kind Mm -hmm. of distract myself from, because it does get, um, monotonous. And I know it's a crazy time when you want to be up to date with stuff but it's like how much can they really update it's like i'm i'm pretty good at taking it one day at a time i'm not getting too upset over stuff that may not may or may not happen in september october november um you know five months ago we wouldn't have guessed where we'd be right here today so i'm i'm just good at being like you know one day at a time let's just see what happens but yeah it's crazy with uh, the news being on you're you have to just kind of you're being consumed by it and it's making you just go like, Oh man, this, this stinks. Like, let's just get out of this. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's did not watch horse. Uh, I've not really watched any sports at all. I'm just trying to <laughs> catch up on, on, on shows and movies and, and uh, yeah. stuff like that. And, and,
1: and yesterday WWE released I know. like 20 yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. Furl- and I'm, I gotta be honest guys. I mean, if things don't improve, that's the direction that's going to that's gonna be sort of taken in this country. And we, we've already yeah. seen it with so many people unemployed. It's just – at least we have this podcast and hopefully that helps <laughs> sort of keep people right. out of the darkness for at least half an hour, 45 minutes um, at, at what's been one of the most trying times in the history of our planet.
4: Yeah. I It's funny. I, I have – I've created sort of a standing Zoom happy hour with some <laughs> friends. Uh, Good we idea. Did, we we – We get online every Wednesday night. We sit around on our, you know, computers or phones and we, you know, have drinks and talk about what's going on. And we sort of decided last night that not only is every day the same day, but I felt like it's like a Tuesday. Like there's nothing remarkable (laughs) about it. It's not like a Friday or a Sunday or anything like that. It's just, it's just a Tuesday. It's just kind of like, ugh, that's how every day feels (laughs) right now. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Uh, let's try to make this you know quote unquote Tuesday a little bit better for everybody uh, and let's do some news through the news. Uh, starting in Cincinnati, obviously the big news in Cincinnati is what they were likely to do in the draft uh, exactly a week from now. We are seven days away from the start of the NFL draft, uh, and everybody expecting, of course, the Bengals to take Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick, but a different Joe maybe causing some headlines there. Joe Mixon, who reportedly is prepared for a holdout. This is per The Athletic. Uh, if he can't get a long-term deal, I mean, as we just saw uh, Christian McCaffrey get a big time extension. But at the same time, in the last couple of years, we've seen uh, Melvin Gordon hold out. We've seen Le'Veon Bell hold out. And I think you could say the results for those guys uh, mixed at best bad, probably, if you depending on who you talk to. Uh, I mean, Joe Mixon potentially holding out. I mean, look again, this is with the caveat that we have football in September, because otherwise everybody's essentially holding out. But uh, Joe Mixon. I feel like he's going to have a hard case to try and get the kind of money he's looking for. And if the, he does hold out, does this mean Jill Bernard is worth looking at now? Uh,
1: I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, it, it's, and I understand Joe's Joe's sort of point of view. Oh yeah. Running absolutely. backs don't get paid a lot of times and they should. Right. I mean, McCaffrey is McCaffrey aside uh, Zeke aside. A lot of times, Teams devalue running backs. And mm-hmm. so I can <clears throat> completely understand why he wants to go out there and get paid. I just don't know that that's the best time for this kind of thing to come out. People are right now uh, struggling. And to me, I, and I actually I actually will reach out to Joe because he follows me on Twitter. So we go back and forth uh, from time to time. But I, I, I hope that he goes in there. Uh, hopefully we have a season He comes out and just absolutely crushes it and then gets what he deserves in terms of uh, a contract in the future. He's one of the brightest young running backs from an athletic standpoint, from a statistical standpoint that we have in the league. So I would think he will get paid at some point. But right now is a very weird and rough time for news of this nature to actually come out.
4: Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, I think definitely in terms of, you know, I I guess the the, the, – popular phrase right now is read the room sort of thing uh, in terms of that. Uh, you know, and I i mean, there, there, there's so many ways to look at it, right? I mean, one, obviously, there are a lot of people who certainly aren't going to feel sorry for Joe Mixon trying to get himself a few extra bucks. I think from a football standpoint, uh, I, I'm with you. I understand it. I get why running backs who take a brunt of the punishment and who do a lot of the work want to try to get paid as such. Sure i mean the the argument about whether or not they deserve it is like i my my head hurts too much to try to get <laughs> into that one right now, but um <sighs> I think from a football perspective, I I struggle to think that the Bengals are going to sort of acquiesce to his demands right now. And, you know, if there is a football season, I suspect that if he's really willing to do this, that we may not see Joe Mixon on the field, which sort of opens up a hole in that backfield, Um, which is sort of unfortunate because in the back half of last season, Fabs, he he turned things around. He was awesome. He struggled. He struggled at the start of the year. Back Mm -hmm. half of the season, he was very, very good. Really good. Um. You know, and so I, I think obviously he's trying to capitalize on that momentum, and sure. this may be one that sort of blows up blows up in his face potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not news, but it's sort of a rumor that was flying around, and, and you and I thought it'd be fun to kind of kick around a little bit. Yep. Uh, reports are the Minnesota Vikings may be trying to swing a trade for <laughs> one Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, which would make what the second time in a couple of years? Uh, I mean, he's 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 not quite verging on Brave and Brandon Cook's cuts. territory, but he's <laughs> you know he's starting to get moved around a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, you know, all the particulars still kind of up in the air, and again, like this is very much rumor, uh, but it's something fun to talk about in a time where we're sort of dry for news. OBJ to Minnesota. I mean, that's. Interesting, right? You pair him up with Adam Thielen. You put him with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what does, does that push him back to being a like a mid-second round pick potentially if he goes to Minnesota? Yeah, potentially, I, I would actually like that from a fantasy perspective. Uh, catching
1: passes from Kirk Cousins. Um, now, Minnesota changed their offense quite a bit last season. Remember, mm-hmm. they they went into the the whole ground and pound with Dalvin Cook, especially right. to start the season. But I would feel like In Stefanski's offense, I don't know that OBJ is going to end up being more than a high wide receiver too, because of the way that Stefanski runs his offense. He's big on 12 personnel. They added Austin Hooper. They have Jarvis Landry. They have a lot of pass catchers, Uh, a lot of miles to feed where Minnesota doesn't right now. They've got Adam Thielen and Tajay Sharp and BC Johnson
4: (laughs) (laughs) and and Kyle
1: Rudolph and, and Irv Smith. So, obj goes there he automatically becomes the favorite to lead that team in targets so i would think his value would go up i actually would like to see this move i I don't know i we started i believe by mark malusis over at wfan who i I used Mm -hmm. to know years and years ago but i would like to see this move i I, I i'd love to see obj go someplace else because i I just don't know that he's going to succeed in cleveland like he did statistically in new york i just don't know that it's going to happen
4: well, especially because the, the Browns keep adding pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I know that you know, we, we neither one of us were excited about Austin Hooper going to Cleveland, but it is potentially one more target. It's one more guy mm-hmm. uh, to throw the football to on top of, you know, having Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, there's just so many guys there to feed yep. and it's going to be difficult. Now, the... Flip side of this, you talk about the ground and pound that they sort of went to in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins himself has said he favors some more power sets in the offense because Stephon Diggs isn't there, which Mm -hmm. in theory means you feature uh, uh, Dalvin Cook a little bit more, that you put a fullback in and maybe you're running a couple of more tight ends. Does that change it? Does he change his mind? Maybe if Odell shows up so. in town, I would think that he does. Yeah. Like he would, you know, hey, let's I, let's throw the football a little bit.
1: Yeah. More. I mean, the Vikings <laughs> rank sixth worst in the leagues in terms of offensive plays run last season. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be that's going to be the result of of you know running the football, uh, but they did rank tenth in yards per play, and no team in the NFL ran eleven personnel less last year than Minnesota. Why? Mm-hmm. Well. Stefanski, right? They liked mm-hmm. He liked to run the 12. That was about 35% of the time. Things are going to change now with Gary Kubiak as the offensive coordinator, and if they bring in this talented player like o- o- Odell Beckham Jr., that offense is going to completely change. You, you mm-hmm. don't bring that guy in, especially with what you're going to have to pay to get him in terms of draft capital. Right. And he would come in, and, and things would change drastically, and I think Kirk Cousins would probably change his tune.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, elsewhere, the Bucks reportedly are shopping O.J. Howard in a potential trade. Um, I mean, I... I I have mixed feelings about this because on the one hand, I think a lot of us, I know I was feeling like having Tom Brady there was going to boost OJ Howard's value that maybe this is when he finally turns the corner and becomes the fantasy tight end. We all want, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we know that he's sharing snaps and potentially targets with Cameron bright. So maybe fabs, there's a chance he goes somewhere, uh, a place that needs a tight end. You know, we've talked about, we talked you know on Tuesday about places like Washington, green Bay, what have you looking for a tight end. Maybe he goes somewhere where he gets a chance to play and get some targets. I guess that's the upside that we're hoping for. If right? we assume
1: that Bruce Arians is going to be the head coach in Tampa Bay for, for many years to come, then OJ Howard to exceed, or even just meet his expectations from a fantasy perspective, needs to get out of town. Bruce right. Arians has had very few tight ends actually thrive statistically. Like, for example, I think Heath Miller had some pretty good seasons under Arians during the time in Pittsburgh together. It's not an offense that's, that's super tight end friendly. So if he went to, I don't know, Marcus, off the top of my head, Washington, that would be mm-hmm. a great fit. If he went right. to Green Bay, sorry, yep. Jay Sternberger, truthers, <laughs> that might be a pretty good fit for him too. And yep. Tampa Bay does have a lot of options there. I think they're going to add more in the draft. So to me – Moving on, change of scenery would be good for OJ Howard.
4: How about this? Uh, what if the the Bucks shipped OJ Howard up to New England? Uh, they get some sort of you know some sort of draft some combination of draft picks, and they bring Brady's old friend Julian Edelman down, right? Oh what geez. If,
2: uh, what now if, what now if you're Jeremy, really
4: talking fantasy. <laughs> what if what if what if Jeremy Renner comes to join Ben Affleck oh, down man. there in Florida in Tangerine, right? Florida? Oh, man. Right. That I
1: I don't know that that's happening, but, but I don't the, think
4: it's happening either.
1: <laughs> I, I just I, I can't have any faith in anyone catching passes uh, in New England until I knew know who the heck the quarterback is going to be. And if it's Jared right. Stidham.
4: Oh, boy, that's going to be. Rough. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, The Chiefs have added a running back. They signed former Raider DeAndre Washington, who it was always sort of a nice piece, but never was really uh, a major feature in that. Oakland, I guess now Las Vegas offense uh, that they got down there. Um, look, it's still, I think, a sort of muddled situation. Damian Williams Very. appears to be the lead uh there uh but washington potentially gets some some opportunities i have a sneaking suspicion that the chiefs very well could draft a running back i think that could maybe that's because i i have uh, somebody projected there uh, we'll get to that a little bit later but um look this i don't know that this does much for you other than you know, have him be waiver wire fodder in the event that you need somebody midway through the season
1: i think it, it speaks more on the increased value of jalen richard in in las vegas because now he mm-hmm. moves up on that death chart but i think the chiefs very well could draft a running back. What is the one piece they're missing? You know, I get it. Like Damian Williams has been, has although he's been unreliable from a fantasy perspective, he's been really good over the last couple of seasons at times. And a lot of people argued that he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. He, right.
2: He's
1: played well. Uh, when, when he's played well, he's been extremely good. And then there's been times again where last season committee mm-hmm. situation, LaShawn McCoy was in the mix. People are talking about Daryl Henderson and and Darwin mm-hmm. Thompson. I mean, there's a lot of running backs there in Kansas City, but what do they not have? That elite running back who could be a three-down guy that you yep. pair with Tyreek and yep. Kelsey and Mahomes. Maybe it's J.K. Dobbins. Maybe they draft him. Uh, mm-hmm. That 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 could be that could be a fit. I, I've seen mock drafts where they've taken a running back with their first round pick, the last yep. pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like this backfield is muddled right now. Damian Williams is probably the best fantasy option out of the group, but I don't know that that backfield is done uh, in terms of, in terms of its evolution and its personnel.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think I think they're going to add some more pieces. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to find a consistent answer there now. Uh, And I mean, certainly DeAndre Washington, he's not that guy, but he could be a nice piece depending on what they do uh, going forward. Uh, Speaking of running backs, Mark Ingram says he plans to run strong for, quote, four or five years. I mean, look, he was very good last year in Baltimore. Uh, There's nothing to say. He can't be very good again this year. (sighs) I, I mean, I wish him all the best, Fabs, but the way running backs <laughs> go right now, I mean, the way teams use running backs and the way they're sort of treated in, in the market suggests it may be hard for a guy like Mark Ingram to be uh, a strong, productive, front-line running back for four or five years, because I just don't know that somebody will give him the opportunity to Who's do Who's this that guy I think he is?
1: Frank Gore? I mean, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I hope he does about five years. Now, the, the thing that he's got going for him is that early in his career, he didn't get used a ton. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. he had some injuries, but he, it wasn't like he was a he was a massive workhorse back. But we've learned in the past that once you get to that 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 ripe old age of thirty, among running mm-hmm. backs, unless you're a Frank Gore or Adrian Peterson or Curtis Martin, the decline is coming. And yep. so I, I would say you could probably get another year or two of really good production from Mark Ingram, and after that, heck. Who's to say that the Ravens don't don't draft a running back? Uh, at some right. point, they're going to, especially in that offense that that just runs the ball so so much. So, running hard and producing big numbers probably two different things.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of it. Uh, Good. I I wish him the best. I hope he, he can. I'd love to see it. I mean, I I like seeing these guys uh, you know produce and and mm-hmm. be fruitful for a long time. Um, but you know, like we sort of talked about with Joe Mixon and his holdout and and the way running backs get paid in this league. Um, Unfortunately, sadly, I think a lot of people are sort of looking at them as replaceable commodities, uh, and eventually that may happen to to Mark Ingram as well. Uh, Last little bit of news. Uh, You've seen this probably floating around on your Twitter timelines, but uh, the NFL is still planning to release its full schedule. I think May 9th is the uh, purported date that that's going to come out. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit later than normal because normally schedule release is actually right right about this time of year. Yeah, it's uh, right about now, but uh, they've pushed it back to May. So it comes after the draft. Uh, Now, Fabs, I know I've read from several sources that uh, it is going to be a full schedule that's released, but... Apparently it's built this year so that it can be collapsed if need be in the event that the season is pushed back, it's delayed, it's shortened for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, I mean, it'll be interesting. And again, that, you know, at least in May will give us something to talk about. We'll talk about yeah. the schedule, we'll talk about bye weeks and, and that sort of thing. So it's, I guess it's something to, to kind of keep an eye out for.
1: From a fantasy standpoint, we already know the opponents. So, right. I mean, I, I've already written my strength of schedule stuff and that'll come out when the, when the schedule comes out. But the thing that we're looking for, from a fantasy standpoint is who plays who down the stretch mm-hmm. in the fantasy yep. postseason. And that could increase or decrease players' values based on that. I mean, we've yeah. seen it in the past I mean a, a guy a guy who has a very favorable schedule in the fantasy postseason is going to see a little bit of an increase in terms of his draft capital for sure. So mm-hmm. that that is where fantasy owners need to be paying the most attention because again we we already know that the uh you know that the the teams wh- what opponents each team is going to be facing uh this coming season
4: yeah of course you know as much as we try to project that stuff too it's always interesting because things change so much <laughs> and uh a postseason schedule that might have looked great at the start of the season could look a little bit shaky by the time we actually get to the fair season but True. but you know it's something to talk about that's right know. so there you go that is pretty much everything you need to know
2: That was the news. All right.
4: Part two of our, or two, two, a, I don't know. I don't know if you count (laughs) last one is two parts, whatever. Anyway, the next part of our NFL draft preview, we're looking at running backs. Uh, I put together a list of how many count? Six. Six guys, and then maybe a couple extra names just to sort of mention at the end. Uh, but these are the six guys that are probably getting the most run right now uh, throughout Twitter uh, about where they could go, what's going to happen. So the first one, obviously, DeAndre Swift. He has been maybe the headliner in this group the whole draft season. Obviously, a guy who's projected in the first round. Um, some of the knocks on him that people wonder if he has the great overall long speed. He does have some capabilities to be a third, a three-down guy. Um, right now, I've seen him mocked to Miami. Uh, that's right around 26 since the Dolphins have three picks. Do you think that's the best fit? Is there somewhere else? I'll tell you where I think – I'll let you go, and I'll tell you where I, I would like to see him land that I think would be fun. But, you know, is it Miami? Is it somewhere else that you think he, he's the best so the, fit? The
1: two, the two most attractive places for uh, one of these stud running backs to fall is Miami or Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Because the the need is immediate. I mean, I, I get it that Jordan Howard is in Miami, so maybe a featured role isn't going to be uh, right on the plate right away. But the Dolphins mm-hmm. need a future running back uh, who can who can go out there and be a playmaker. And I think Swift fits that bill. Uh, I believe he's the number one running back on Dana Jeremiah's mm-hmm. top fifty list. He's he's reliable enough as a blocker that he can be a three down back and. To me, he's, it's either going to be him or Jonathan Taylor. Uh, there may only be one running back going in the first round, which is mm-hmm. the complete opposite of a fantasy draft. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I feel like those two, if if there's going to be a pair, it'll be those two. Maybe the second goes to Kansas City uh, a little mm. bit later a, a, in, the, in the first round. But Miami would be a good fit for Swift, who comes out of a, a system in Georgia that over the years has produced a lot of really good yep. fantasy running backs.
4: Yeah, I mean, look. In the recent years, they've had uh, Todd Gurley, with Nick Chubb, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now DeAndre Swift potentially going to be the next. Hell, we can go game. back to yeah, Rodney
1: Hampton, running. bro, and Herschel Walker. I mean, you want to go? Herschel Walker, you wanna go yeah. like Down I mean, we, the memory
4: lane, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Garrison Hurst. I mean, we can go back a ways yes, there sir. for uh, for for running backs coming yeah. out of, out of the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you this. I so I did my own mock. Uh, you can buy you know, uh, shameless plug, go to NFL.com slash predict the pick. You can go in and predict how you think Mm -hmm. the first round of the draft is going to go. Uh, I think you can win Super Bowl tickets. uh, If you are, if you, I think if you get all of them, right, which good luck with that, but (laughs) I um, I did one. um, I have a little video coming out for that. I think uh, the next day or two, but I sort of mocked one up where the dolphins you know they don't go after Swift. Instead, they they take Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. and I've got DeAndre Swift going to Kansas City. I mean, we talked about the the Possible. Chiefs going after um, you know DeAndre or signing DeAndre Washington and what they might do. But having Swift back there, uh, a guy who can be a little bit of a do-it-all guy who catches the football effectively, having him run those RPOs with Patrick Mahomes in the backfield. And we saw in the playoffs, uh, Mahomes running the football a little bit more effectively, which certainly adds to his value and adds to to his his ability. Mm -hmm. Um, Suddenly you have him faking handoffs to DeAndre Swift or giving the ball to Swift. An offense that was already lights out might become damn near unstoppable. Um, So that's what I've got. I'll say this, regardless of where he goes, if it's Miami, if it's Tampa, if it's Kansas City, what have you, do you think he ends up as a top 50 pick in redrafts this year?
1: Uh, if he ends up in Miami or Tampa Bay, I mean, even in Kansas City, I could see it. I, I could I could mm-hmm. potentially see that, yes, um, yeah. because you know how much we as a fantasy industry love those young running backs yep. with upside who have, uh, ha- have been given an opportunity to be the man. And we've seen rookie running backs come in and make impacts uh, more than any other position in in fantasy football. So, yeah, Swift would probably be a top fifty pick. Uh, Maybe if he's in Miami, I I would say I would say the best case scenario is Tampa Bay, though, because I think Jordan Howard is going to get touches regardless. And in Tampa Bay, as much as they want to talk up Ronald Jones, all they have to do is bring in a guy like Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift, and I feel like the the the, let's just say the uh, the love for Ronald Jones could could fade somewhat. So Yeah. I would say top fifty for both of those backs is is very likely in redrafts, unless they land in spots where it's just you know, Pittsburgh. So like as much as <laughs> as, as much as like I love a guy like JK Dobbins or, or Taylor, I mean, if one of those guys ends up in Pittsburgh, that'll be a mess for twenty twenty. And then moving forward, yes. the value will go up because James Conner's in a contract year and I don't know if they would bring him back
4: yeah which I know like you know the early talk is that you know they they may look somewhere else, um you know, Connor has done some good things, but his health uh, has just been a concern, yep. and I think that 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 could lead the Steelers to kind of think of some other options there. so uh, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's another guy who look there's a chance he slides in at the very end of the first round more than likely he's probably coming off the board in the second round. um I mean, the, the thing that, about Jonathan Taylor, huge numbers in college Huge. Uh, 12 games with 200 or more rushing yards, um, just a ton of—I think he had 300 touches pretty much every year that he was at Wisconsin— incredible numbers so that's the good the bad though is because he had all those touches fabs everybody's sort of worried about his workload and the wear and tear that they put on his body there in madison but i think in terms of just straight up ability i mean he's another one right whether whether he goes in the first round to say a miami or a tampa or a kansas city uh he looks to me like a guy who comes in and can immediately get on the field and immediately see a a fairly significant workload wherever he goes this year
1: yeah elite prospect at that position who was tremendous uh, in the combine, did nothing but improve his stock to the point where it it is either going to be Taylor or Swift, who will be the first running back drafted. Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. Right. So (laughs) one of those two will be, and I would think if if there are multiple backs taken in the first round, it will be those two. So, again, all depending on where he ends up, Tampa Bay would be a really good fit. Miami would be a really good fit pittsburgh long term would be a really good fit but the one concern with him is that he has had a lot of work at college a lot of yeah. work um so but he also proved that he's a three down back and he he's a special kind of guy he's 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 someone who can go out there and potentially end up being you know a top 10 a top 15 fantasy running back uh in future seasons
4: uh i know that the debate has been who is your your top rookie running back is it jonathan taylor is it uh, is it deandre swift do you do you lean one way or another right now yeah,
1: i have swift ranked number one okay so and, and taylor is a very close two so i, I would yeah. project that swift would end up getting drafted ahead of taylor but mm-hmm. a lot of people out there love jonathan taylor and love what he can bring to the table so time will tell
4: yeah i mean i i tend to lean toward taylor but i don't you know, I'm not pounding the table, you know, uh, arguing one way or another. I, you know, I feel like it, it really is a coin flip. Both guys are pretty close to, to one another. Uh, a guy who is starting to get even more buzz, who had some buzz, but now is getting super buzzy in the last couple of days Clyde Edwards Elaire, You can call him Clyde the Glide. You can call him CEH. You can call him whatever you want, but I'm pretty sure somebody's going to be calling his name on day two of the draft. Um, Really helped himself out at the combine catching the football. Uh, our, our pal Graham Barfield tweeted yesterday that uh, yeah, he, he thinks that, that CEH is a route runner from the running back position on par or close to Christian McCaffrey, which is a, a really big compliment. Um, I know people worried sort of about his ability in pass protection, but I mean, look. Guys who catch the football now, Fabs, as a running back, have a, a lot of value. We know he can be a tough physical runner. Do you have a, a particular landing spot that you think would be best for him for fantasy this year? So
1: what people need to realize about uh, Clyde the Glide is that he is not going to be a featured back at the next level. Mm. He's just not. Right. I mean, he's, 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 he's my height. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> not, he's not a big—and when you're—I mean, unless you're built like Maurice Jones Drew, which, you know, Clyde is not— you're not going to be a featured back at 5'8", most of the time. So mm-hmm. he would come in and sort of be the the pass-catching Darren Sproles. Kind of, and and I, I, I can compare him to Darren Sproles. When Sproles was in his prime, remember, Darren Sproles was a really good fantasy player.
4: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: There, no no question about that. Now, I think he's better. He's got more athletic ability than Darren Sproles. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, Graham had said, a really good route runner, tremendous pass catcher. He's going to be a complimentary back. He's not going to be a featured back. He's not going to be a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's expected to come in and be a three-down back, or like a Swift, who's expected to come in and potentially be a three-down back. He's going to be that guy who's going to be utilized in the passing game, probably lined up in the slot. He's going to be somebody that teams he's going to teams are going to try to make him a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. So Mm -hmm. teams that could potentially, I mean, let's put it this way, Marcus: if if Miami is happy with Jordan Howard as their hammer. And they bring in they bring in the glide, that would be a good fit because you would see uh, that that committee scenario that I think we're going to see in Miami, where you know you've got one guy who's going to be who's who's got one skill set who's going to be used near the goal line who's going to be utilized uh, running inside the tackles, and then you've got another guy who's going to be catching the ball out of the backfield and, and being utilized in that aspect of the offense. So that's where he's going to be best fit. He's not going to go to a team that doesn't already have sort of that that. That pounding, you know, the, the the guy who's gonna run between the tackles, that kind of running back in place. Right.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at like, the places I've seen him projected to. I mean, it's a it's a wide range. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Rams in the second round, uh, which would basically yep. pair him with, with Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the Lions, which means he would be kind of working alongside on Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen the Falcons, which would be sort of interesting. I guess he puts him alongside Todd Gurley, which mm-hmm. uh, would sort of dampen my dreams of Todd Gurley catching more passes if <laughs> yes, Ceh uh, ends up there as well. But I think you're right. I think and I think I think that sort of applies to the rest of the backs uh, that we're going to talk about. These are guys that are probably going to be committee backs. I think Swift and Taylor are the only two that you can really talk about coming in and maybe becoming starters and getting larger workloads. Now, I feel like the rest yeah. of these backs are all sort of complimentary.
1: Now you've got that whole Taylor Swift thing in my head, damn it.
4: And and to be honest with
1: you, the level of talent at the running back position in this class is going to cause confusion and fantasy because yeah. You're going to have multiple talented running backs on the same roster who are going to get snaps, and mm-hmm. I feel like Clyde is going to end up being one of those guys that gets drafted and sort of torpedoes an incumbent's value. That could possibly <laughs> yeah. happen.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, another guy who potentially could do the same thing is Cam Akers, uh, another day two guy he overall you could argue he might have had the best running back performance at the combine and you look at his his production sort of a mixed bag i mean the the one thing people always point out the offensive line at florida state was not great, Um, you know, but he still was able to to put together some really solid numbers. But the other part of it is it didn't have a lot of big chunk plays either. So maybe those two things go hand in hand. And I think people are sort of using that to say that maybe he can be better than what his numbers showed. Um I mean, I, I thought, you know, is there a chance that we could we could talk ourselves into him being a workhorse back? Or is he sort of like, you know, like a like a CEH sort of destined to be part of a platoon wherever he goes?
1: Well, I mean, he did catch 30 passes in 11 games last season. So it's not like mm-hmm. he's, he's a bad pass catcher. He's shown that he can't right. do it. He's, he's a physical dude averaged uh, five yards per attempt uh, at Florida state. And again, you had mentioned it, that that offensive line is, uh, didn't do him any favors. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's a future starter in the league. Hell. I mean, there's Pittsburgh, Atlanta Rams. There, there are places out there that, that, have maybe a starter in place that isn't a long term option, like Todd Gurley's mm. only on a one year deal, for example. James Connor's got one year left on his contract, for example. So there are places mm. that Cam Akers can go and potentially be more of a dynasty league snag than a redraft snag. But I, I think at some point, yeah, I mean he's he's got the capability to be to be a starter in this league, no question about it.
4: Yeah, I do. But I do think he's a guy who's going to be, I think, a lot more popular, obviously, dynasty leagues uh, than redraft leagues. I have seen I've seen one mock that has him going in the late second round into the second round uh, to the Chiefs. So I guess if Kansas City passes on a running back in the first round, then they go after him in the second round, which I mean, I guess is nice. um, But I think that still leaves us in that same that same mess with, you know, Damian Williams, DeAndre Washington and, and anybody else who's going to be back there. Sort of all sharing snaps and mm-hmm. and kind of uh, you know keeping us frustrated <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you you mentioned you mentioned J.K. Dobbins a little bit earlier. Uh, a guy who uh, put up huge numbers was a bell cow at Ohio State. I think has been described more as kind of a lunch pail guy than having <laughs> you know being such a big dazzler or anything like that. Just kind of a, a guy who who shows up. Uh, I guess if you want to say he's a blue collar runner, if you want mm-hmm. something like that, gets the job done. Um, I I know some of this depends on where he lands. Is he another guy that you're looking at in redrafts or are we thinking just more dynasty league with him potentially?
1: Again, it depends on where he lands, but it's, he's going to have more dynasty league value without question. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Dobbins is actually, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the best back out of this, out of this class because there's so much talent here. I mean, dude's a physical specimen. He's really good on inside runs. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, He's also, he's also good in pass protection so he's got the tools to be a three down back. Again, I would say that landing in Pittsburgh for example would be good for him from a fantasy perspective. Maybe not right away and I know we love immediate gratification, but right. long term that could be a great spot for JK. Tampa Bay would be a great spot. And honestly, it's it's you know, we, we boil it down to these these, you know, four or five teams, right? Marcus, it's all Miami, Tampa Bay, uh Kansas right. City long term, Pittsburgh long term, maybe Atlanta long term. These are the teams that we're looking at in terms of running back need and so Mm -hmm. Dobbins is not like uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire who is going to be in a committee JK Dobbins can be a three down back at the next level and it all depends on what team pulls the trigger on him Kansas City could do it at at some point maybe in the second round that would be maybe not great initially but long term Mm -hmm. man look out look out
4: you know a team we talk about when you when you talk about long-term running back needs and, and one that we don't maybe think about immediately, uh, it's got to be Tennessee, right? I mean, I, obviously Derrick Henry's been fantastic, but he's coming near the end of his rookie deal. And the question has to be asked whether or not the Titans are going to want to pay him whatever it is he's going to want. I mean, it's going to be a huge number. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Derrick Henry uh, danced a little dance when he saw Christian McCaffrey get his contract. You know, I'm sure guys like Saquon danced a little dance when they saw that. The question is, do the Titans want to pay that sort of money or do they want to go somewhere else? And, you know, they they could be a sneaky team that decides in the third or fourth round, maybe we're going to take a running back. And so I think J.K. Dobbs, I'm not necessarily saying he lands there, but that could be a team to kind of look out for.
1: What if Tennessee decides to draft Edwards Hilaire? Right. That's that's possible. Completely different skill set than Derrick Henry. And mm-hmm. I mean, Henry's not a guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. You give Ryan Tannehill another weapon in the passing game, because right now you've got and A.J. Brown's tremendous. Corey Davis has been a disappointment so far. I think Johnny Smith could take the next step with Delaney Walker no longer on the roster. And mm-hmm. I mean, Tasha Sharp is, is now in, in Minnesota. They Dion
4: Lewis is, is now with the Giants. So. Right.
1: Right. I mean.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He'd be a fit. Uh, yeah, it could definitely be a fit. I'll, I'll also throw Jacksonville into that mix because uh, Leonard Fournette is coming to near the end of his contract. Although he started catching the football more. Dude, which that guy maybe... was <laughs> – if,
1: if it wasn't for his pass catching, which is weird to say because it's Leonard Fournette and you just don't think of him as this guy. don't think of it. If it wasn't for his pass catching, he would have he would have not done well last season in fantasy because right. the touchdown totals were not good.
4: Yeah, what do you have, three touchdowns I think he all had, last he year? He had 70 uh,
1: catches at the ballpark.
4: Right, he was unreal. Yeah, so, uh, but they could be another. The Jaguars could be another team that uh, maybe a year or two are looking at uh, what they're doing with their running back situation. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, last name to really kind of get into a little bit of Zach Moss, a guy out of the University of Utah. Um, you know, I got to see a little bit of him because you know I watch I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. Um, you another don't guy, say. sort of a yeah, I know just a, just a tiny bit, just a smidge. Um, <laughs> A late day two, early day three projection on him right now. I mean, he's a guy who potentially, like, he could be fun to watch. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who could, like, burn hot and then, like, you know, burn out quickly. Just a guy who's – the one thing I think about when I see him is violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is his running style. I mean, he does not shy away from contact. Uh, he will he will go in the middle and he will go in there hard. Um it's, that's another way that you sort of worry about his durability long term because he does not shy away from taking hits. Um, but he also sort of feels to me like like he's just another guy who's a platoon back who could be a short yardage, kind of a mm-hmm. bully uh, with a team that sort of needs that sort of thing. But I, I struggle to think that Zach Moss is going to be a Big time, you know, kind of front line running back. That you know, especially that one in redrafts. He's kind of more of a even in dynasty drafts. I think you're talking about a mid to late round guy there.
1: And he had he had sort of injured himself there at the combine. I think he had like a hamstring. But when you look at him uh, during his collegiate days, he, he's he's a power running back. He's really tough to tackle. Uh, yards after contact, uh, machine potentially at the next level. But yeah, I don't see him as a three down back. He is a guy that will will get drafted to be a backup and involved in some sort of committee situation at the next level.
4: Yeah. A couple of the names that that just, I think I'm I'm putting them in here because uh, I've seen them show up on my timeline. A lot of it from a lot from the draft Knicks that I follow. a lot of folks in draft Twitter, uh, Darrington Evans, Antonio Gibson, Um, look, I think they're guys that again, you know, if you're, if you are a a dynasty truther and you're trying to get ahead of the curve, maybe you're, you're kind of keeping them on your radar a little bit. Gibson's an interesting one just cause he's sort of this weird, uh, running back wide receiver hybrid. And if we're moving to an era of positionless football, maybe he sort of has that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, these are guys that aren't, they're not frontline guys. They're probably not, you're probably not going to hear their name called until maybe day three Mm -hmm. in a lot of situations. Um, but I know, I know fans, we have people who follow us who are deep into the dynasty life. Uh, and who are trying to get ahead of everybody else? Some of those, some of those development league folks, sure, uh, that are that are digging deep. So yeah, well, uh, just a couple of names I'm just throwing out. Darrington
1: Evans did really well at the combine. He actually was second in the 40 at the running back position behind Jonathan Taylor. And mm-hmm. if you look at and, and I wrote columns about this in terms of what Gil Brandt's target marks are in the combine per position, mm-hmm. and if these guys are hitting multiple marks. That's a good indication that they're going to be pretty good prospects uh, at the next level. And Evans, I mean, he ranked in the top 10 in all but one of those drills. He was 11th in the bench press. Now, he had right. DNPs and the three cone and the 20-yard shuttle. But other, th- other than that, everything he did, he was, he was tremendous. Again, top 10 in everything but one, and he was 11th in bench press. So somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, late yeah. in drafts, a, a name to remember but just a name to remember c- certainly not someone um, who's going to to pop in uh, in redrafts
4: no you're not gonna you're not gonna see these guys in redrafts um you know and i think even even for dynasty folks it, you may not get a lot of value out of them in 2020 uh it may be you know 2021 and beyond when you start to see some of these guys uh so get some some attention mm-hmm. there um I don't know. Anything we missed? Any other guys? I know you've been couple, uh, you've been kind of digging into some of these guys. Yeah, a
1: couple of other names. Uh, A.J. Dillon in, at Boston College. He's like mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. He's just a freaking hammer. That, right. That, I mean, so he wouldn't be a three-down back, but he could potentially be a, a, an early down, in between the tackles, goal line option, no matter where he goes. Anthony McFarlane out of Maryland has been getting a lot of, of attention, too, on social media. Uh, he averaged nearly seven yards a carry with the Terrapins. And he's he's pretty good pass catcher as well so he's a name that you might want to pay a little bit of attention to as well uh Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt uh probably going to mm-hmm. be like a day three draft pick uh good inside runner he doesn't project to be like a top tier running back but could end up being a committee back and then you know Benjamin out of Arizona State uh yeah. caught 77 passes in his last two seasons with the Sun Devils again someone who's who's elusive but probably a committee back. So those are some of the other names to to keep tabs on as, as we get closer to uh, to the draft next week.
4: Yeah, uh, and we'll talk about wide receivers on on Tuesday's show. But uh, it was interesting because you mentioned Eno Benjamin, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a wide receiver Brandon Ayuk uh, out of Arizona State yep. who are yep. starting to get a little bit of love right now. And I, I think it's interesting because look, their head coach is uh, is uh, uh, Herm Edwards, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about a guy who knows how to create NFL talent, who knows what it takes to play in the NFL? It's Herm Edwards. So I mean, he, you know, maybe maybe there's some there's names been, that we should pay attention to. There,
1: there's been talk that he could end up getting drafted at the end of the first round because not yeah. only not only is going to be useful as a as a receiving prospect, but he's also pretty good at special teams as a return man too. So his Denzel Mims is another, and we'll, we'll talk Mims about is, this stuff next week. Yeah, but Denzel yeah, yeah. Mims, Den, his Denzel his Mims stock is moving up too. He could be a first round
4: pick. Yeah, his name has been really hot. And you know, another last one, of days.
1: Michael Pittman. Whoa.
4: Michael Pittman. Yeah, I was gonna—I was gonna save Michael Pittman till we got to Tuesday. I was gonna say Michael Pittman till we, <laughs> we got to Tuesday, but yeah, he's a guy that uh, you look. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, uh, emotionally, I definitely want him to succeed, but I think intellectually, just using my head, I think there are there are avenues for Michael Pittman to have a really nice NFL career. Um, you know, now, kind of now his dad, dad, right, was the Michael Michael Pittman who that, was the Bucks running back. Yes,
1: Cardinals too. That. That dude, you remember the freaking arms on him? He was like oh, the Hulk had... Hogan of like yeah. NFL running backs when he just played. ridiculous arms. I mean, the, the guy, like my head, like this guy's yeah. arms were giant. Do you remember him, Eddie? Michael Pittman. Michael ridiculous. Pittman was was a pretty decent fantasy back um, during his career. But the thing I always remember, that dude had guns for days, man. Like you think mm-hmm. McCaffrey's got guns? Go look at Michael Pittman during his prime. Yeah, that guy was built like a you know what brick
4: boop house yeah yeah no doubt yeah. um yeah so so now yeah his uh his son uh is is draft eligible uh i've even seen we'll talk about it but i've, I've even seen him you know mocked up to tampa bay uh in some situations and so tampa bay where his dad think was. about it they lost Perriman. They they mm-hmm. could be in the market for a wide receiver in the draft Very much. Very possible. Very much so. Very possible. Very much so. So, uh, yeah, so that's just a taste of what we're going to talk about on Tuesday. So, uh, come back for that. I mean, it's not like you guys have anywhere to go. So, uh, (laughs) come on back and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. So, there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening and watching, as always. You know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate review and remember, age isn't important unless you're cheese. Take care of yourself. We'll see you on Tuesday.
0: irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you
2: what's up y'all janice torres here
0: and i'm austin hankwitz
2: we're the hosts of mind the business small business success stories a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's ruby studios and intuit quickbooks Heck yeah, and some waves So we could go surfing
3: Ah, love that A redwood forest would be cool I'm in Ah, Ski slopes,
2: let's do it Um, can girl go shopping Wait Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground At visitcalifornia.com You know that feeling when you walk into your home Take a deep breath And feel new? At JC Penny, fashion counts for everybody.